1: Now, it's Chris Harrington on the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more on 92.9's Jeff Calkins Show, presented by Church Health, caring for people all around us. Give today at churchhealth.org. I'm
0: not sure I expected to hear Calvin Sheraldi as a lyric in a song today. Chris, what is this that we're listening to?
1: That is uh, Buckner's Bolero by The Baseball Project. Um sitting at a little bad vibes to our visitors in town tonight. A little
0: bad vibes uh, to our visitors from Boston. All right, so did you go to – you were at both games this weekend, I gather? Uh, yeah. And uh, what we see from the Grizzlies uh, over this weekend was they took care of two teams that aren't great to start with, but that then were also diminished uh, with the absence of their best players was um, – was this simply a matter of a good team taking care of two bad teams uh that were that were diminished is that what sort of uh
1: transpired over the weekend yeah i mean generally speaking anybody can beat anybody in an nba game um but hey, and that Wizards team i think is not that bad i think they're going to be a play in team i think yep. something like that um but yeah the grizzlies had the better talent and and the home court and and one, I mean, they won big against, against Charlotte. They sort of got a big lead and fooled around with it a little bit, and then had some other stuff. But you know, it's hard to hold big leads all the time early in, in, in right. games. Um, but you know, got a you know a, a solid win at, at a minimum, I would say.
0: You you have a piece up about the Grizzlies start today at the Daily Memphian. I uh, uh, would urge people to read it there over the Daily Memphian. They are seven and three. Just apropos of that,
1: is it 7-3 against a soft schedule? Yeah, I think it's been against a soft schedule. It's also been without you know, your best defensive player and, and another one of your rotation players. You've missed Ja you know, in, in a game or so. You've missed Desmond Bain in a game or so. And so those two things sort of counterbalance a little bit. I, I think all things considered, it's been a, it's a, been a very good start. I, I think the Grizzlies can become... I don't know if they'll have a better winning percentage than they have right now, but I think they can evolve into a better team than they've been so far. But to, to start out seven and three with, without Jaron and then with sort of the level of defense they played for most of it, I think it's been a very good start. Um, I'm
0: getting I'm getting getting to the to, to the the, the Bane and um, Dylan stuff um, defensively. They are. I forgot what you said, bumping their way up in the rankings in your column today. And I gathered you asked or someone asked Taylor Jenkins about it. Their best defensive game games have been their, really the last few. Is that, is that a function of, of who they're playing, of commitment to detail? Is there a, are, are we to believe that even before the return of Jaron, they are becoming a more credible defensive team?
1: Oh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think clearly uh, playing three sort of middle-of-the-package teams, probably, roughly speaking, without their best guards, I mean, that, that helps you have a better defensive right. performance. Oh, yeah, they got no Lillard either, right? So no LaMelo, right. no uh, B.O., and no Lillard. Right, yeah. That's right. right. And so I think that's a lot of it, but I do think, you know, I, I think the team recognized they were playing poor defense and obviously made efforts to improve. And so I think it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, getting Dylan back is part of it. I mean, you know, they were last in the league or something like that defensively um, before his return. So you got your, your, your second-best defender back who you missed for the first five games of the season. That's also part of it. Um, all
0: right. Well, uh, I, I think maybe the most notable thing that happened over the weekend was Dylan Brooks. Um, he was not great yesterday. Uh, but you wrote about this, and in particular the game Friday, it wasn't that he made 6 out of 7, it's that the shots he took looked like shots that you wanted him to take, and or were shots that you wanted him to take, not just looked like, were shots, fundamentally, were shots that you wanted him to take, and and honestly, you had written about this last week, that he is slotting in where you want him to slot in, in the pecking order, but Taylor Jenkins said it was one of the best games he had played, um, went out of his way to sort of credit him as one of the best games he had played as a Grizzly, Dylan. What did you make of uh, Dylan's performance Friday and uh, heck over
1: the weekend? Well, you know, Friday he makes shots, Sunday he doesn't, and that's the way it goes, and that's the way right. three-point shooting in particular goes. But sort of the point that I made was that his if you look at Dylan in terms of catch-and-shoot threes versus pull-up threes, ones that are created in the flow of the offense and ones that you're creating for yourself, <clears throat> ones that are created for you, ones you're creating for yourself. Um, I mean, most players shoot better on catch-and-shoot <clears throat> than pull-up, and Taylor Jenkins sort of made that point when I asked him about it pregame. But then he went on to say, he said, you know, that, that, that's a higher percentage shot league-wide. But for Dillon in particular, that's the, that's the shot we most want him to get. Not that's the three-point shot we most want him to get. That's the shot we most want him to get was what Taylor Jenkins said, which I, I noted. And so for, them, for him, for the Grizzlies, they want Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks, taking open catch and shoot threes created, you know, by John Morant or Desmond Bain or whatever. And then they want him driving to the rim. And the, the self-created jump shots are sort of like end of the line. Like you, that's going to happen, but they want less of that in the diet. And if you look at his career, he shot a much better percentage on catch and shoot threes than pull up, and he's always shot more catch and threes than pull up. But last season, it was closer to closer to um, even than it ever been before. Like it dipped down close to 50-50, and this season so far, it swung back like above 60% on catch and shoot. And that's the recipe that's going to yield better shooting from him. But it's also the byproduct of him taking that complimentary role of him standing in the corner catching John Brandt's passes rather than out there with the ball himself creating stuff.
0: It was particularly striking Friday because, like, they were blitzing Ja, and uh, there were uh, I don't know a, a bunch of plays where it was Ja finding Dylan in the corner, Dylan hitting the three in the corner like it was um, wide open in the corner it's an interesting thing because there have been those and you never subscribed to the school of thought there was at one point and i think it's gone away so the school of thought that dylan would be best served being part of the bench unit where he could be that dylan right where he could be uh, alpha dylan and could be taking all the shots but the truth of the matter is apart from all the other reasons that you want him to be part of the starting lineup, so he's, he's going against the other team's best player defensively and all of that, you actually just don't want to encourage that, Dylan, either. Like, he really is best slotted as a complementary player to Desmond and Ja. Like, it, it, that's a whole other reason to not, to not want Dylan doing that is because you don't want him taking those kind of shots. I wasn't there Sunday, did he take those – what was the shots – obviously the shots selection Friday. I think you pointed out one kind of crazy one he took. But what was the shot selection like yesterday when he was missing?
1: I, I thought the shots were general. I mean, I didn't go back and rewatch all all the right. shots. I, in the flow, I thought they were fine. He just was missing. I mean, over for 4 from 3. Um, he just, just didn't have a good shooting night. In terms of the, the inside the arc stuff um, – in terms of the inside the arc stuff, um, I, I thought it was fine. He just missed some shots, as he tends to. and He's not the most skilled scorer, um, but he made some plays. He's going to have good shooting nights and bad shooting nights, and that's right. really not night to night. That's not the referendum on him. Right. Um, all right. In terms of other things that
0: unfolded, uh, how bad did the uh, how bad did the uh, the, the ankle look? Uh, for our uh, for our Kiwi, and do we, is
1: there some sense that he will or will not be available tonight, Stephen Adams? I don't I don't think they've said for sure tonight. I didn't I didn't see him after the game. I think Drew talked to him. I was I was writing, um, and I wasn't writing game specific really, and so I, I didn't go back to the locker room. Um, uh, Drew said he had a he had a um, bump on the on the ankle. I mean, Stephen, he came back in the game and played, and typically, you know, that's a pretty okay. good sign. But the fact that it's the second night of a back-to-back and that he did have a thing, it wouldn't surprise me um, if, if he did not play tonight. But I, I don't know anything specifically either way. Uh, and then... I think they, I think LeRain, they certainly, yeah. with Sharon out, I think they really need him. And you right. can see that when he went out in that game. They just don't have, even with him, they're really missing that, that sort of physical presence at the rim, that, that, that sort of deterrent defensively at the rim. Um, but without him, if you don't have him or Jaron, you're really you're really in a rough spot as far as that goes.
0: It was interesting. Another note in your column today. Again, you can read it at the Daily Memphian. Uh, David Roddy and Jake Laravia are both much higher in minutes played than they are uh, in terms of where they were taken in the first round. Uh, David Roddy ninth in minutes played among rookies. Jake Laravia eleventh. That's total minutes, and so that reflects Laravia's. Illness? Is that right? No, that, no not... that's per game. That's per game. Is it interesting to you that Jake? Laravia I, think, is playing... I don't
1: remember. It, it's something, but but it's it, 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 it's reflective of their playing time. I, I don't remember how I did. Yeah.
0: Is it interesting that Laravia is playing? That Roddy's playing as much or more than Laravia?
1: Um, it is to me. I mean, it's not a huge difference. Um, obviously, Laravia had, you know, missed a, missed a couple games, but he, even even you know, per game, it's, Roddy has played more. I don't know how much of that is them putting Roddy above Laravia in a pecking order at this point, and how much of that is the combinations they're playing with and who they're wanting. Right. You know, I think there's a lot of experimentation going on. Um, they've been playing those two guys. A they've not been using them interchangeably. They've been using them in very different kinds of lineups in some ways. Um, Roddy's been on the floor much more of a job, I think, and Laravia's been with those bench units with Tyus and with Desmond. Right. And so I think it will all sort itself out. I do think they – I'm a little surprised how much they're emphasizing Roddy, even with the guys they've had out. But we'll see where it goes.
0: All right, tonight the Celtics, uh, what uh, what do you make of the Celtics this year?
1: Well, you know, they're missing – these are two teams missing, you know, their Defensive Player of the Year candidates from last season and Jaron Jackson and Robert Williams. So neither team defensively is what they were a year ago when they were two of the best defensive teams in the league. The Celtics were the best defensive team in the league a year ago. So they're both missing their, their, their primary defensive presences in the paint. But the Celtics are still really good. I think they're a top three team in the East probably. Um, so it's an interesting game. and You have two of the highest scoring duos in the league in – Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for Boston and John Morant, Desmond Bain for the Grizzlies. But you also have two really great sort of, you know, one – presumably one-on-one matchups going on in the game where you have Marcus Smart, reigning defensive player of the year, guarding John Morant, and you have Dylan Brooks, who wants to yeah. be on an all-defensive de- team, presumably guarding Jason Tatum. And so those are both sh- sort of shows within the show on each end of the floor. So I think it's a really interesting game. I think it's a rough one on paper for the Grizzlies coming second night of a back-to-back. Boston's rested. Like I wouldn't, you know, the Grizzlies are undefeated at home. We'll see if they, if, if they make it through that. Tonight, but I think this. Well, will it's too bad. Definitely, it's be on bad. paper the toughest home game they've had.
0: Yeah, it's too bad they screwed around and, and couldn't get a little rest uh, yesterday. Um, uh, being most teams, if you offered up, you can have either Ja and and Des or Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think most most franchises would pick the Celtics too.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I don't think that's an. Uh, yeah, I think that's de- that's a highly debatable proposition. Um, but I suspect it would tilt in boston's direction, yeah
0: marketers might pick the uh, the team pres you know
1: yes. president might John, John's the biggest star of, of yes, the group.
0: he is a big, he is a bigger star than any he' is a bigger star than Jason Tatum. yeah
1: yep I think that's
0: I think that's unquestionable well you can read the piece uh at uh, the Daily Memphi and I presume you'll be there tonight Chris yep okay thanks very much appreciate it thanks. Chris Harrington from the Daily Memphis, and we were talking earlier about it is amazing to think that we live in a city. Maybe it's just crazy. We live in a city where, Brad, you and I were talking earlier. Mm-hmm. In terms of the city, which game is bigger, the Memphis Tigers against Vanderbilt or the Grizzlies and the Celtics? Yeah. Around the country, people would think this is a crazy conversation. <laughs> like, of course it's Ja Morant and the Grizzlies, particularly when Chris highlights It's a, It's Ja against Marcus Smart, and it's, you know, Jason Tatum against Dylan Brooks, and it's, like, it is a, that is a premier matchup. Yeah.
1: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.